Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. In the NOCO is supported by Blue Federal Credit Union, with locations from Denver to Cheyenne, helping members tap into the power of community. More information at bluefcu.com. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NOCO, a daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Wednesday, February 28th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Wolves are a contentious topic in the West, especially in Colorado, where they were recently reintroduced. They're also central to a new 20-year study looking at their removal and reintroduction in Yellowstone National Park and what that means for disruptions to the food web. Tom Hobbs and his research team at Colorado State University found that reintroducing apex predators like wolves failed to restore the ecosystem to its original state. Still, he cautions against drawing certain conclusions from the research. I really don't want our work to be cast as sort of anti-wolf that use it to say, well, it wasn't a good idea to reintroduce wolves. That's not what we're showing at all. Hobbs joined me to discuss his research and what this could mean in our state. Before we talk more specifically about Colorado, I want to emphasize what this means for such a biologically rich environment like Yellowstone National Park. Could you talk about the impacts of permanently altering the ecosystem there? Yes. So we studied primarily the riparian zones. The riparian zones are where plants grow along streams uh, and rivers. And specifically, we studied the areas where beaver could build dams. Now, those are hot spots for biological diversity. They have a far disproportionate number of species of different plants, invertebrates, vertebrates like songbirds. And so they're, they're very important to the ecosystem. So their loss, the loss of these riparian zones dominated by willows, represents real harm. And in the long term, we'd really like to get those back. Sure. But this study and the results seem to challenge a commonly held belief that reintroducing wolves in Yellowstone would restore an ecosystem that had been degraded when they disappeared. This was certainly something that proponents of wolf reintroduction here in Colorado championed. I'm wondering if you could put your research into that context or that perspective of Colorado. Well, let me start by saying that that idea, it's just, it's a lovely idea. It's a beautiful Mm. idea. I love the idea. But the way science proceeds is to challenge ideas with evidence. And and sometimes it takes a long time and it takes designed experiments to form the proper challenge. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've done. Now, with respect to Colorado, what we're showing is that the benefits of a complete food web that includes large carnivores like wolves can take a long time, a long time to be realized. I think Evidence from all over the world suggests that ecosystems that include apex predators that have complete full food webs are more resilient, they're more balanced, and they're healthier than ecosystems that don't. And so in the fullness of time, I think there will be benefits to Colorado's ecosystems from having an ecologically complete 
food web, including apex predators like wolves. Right. Now, when we talk about your findings, I think it's important to point out this research took 20 years or maybe a little longer. What are the limitations or the caveats to a study of this length? Well, it's expensive. Mm. Well, your hair turns gray <laughs> while you're doing it. <laughs> I hadn't thought about um, that. You look completely different from uh, when it started. You know, we did we did do interim reports on this. We published five years and uh, 12 years into the study with results that were very much like this. So uh, it's not as if we had to wait 20 years to get any results at all. But rigorous science is hard. I mean, it it, it takes a long time to tell the story properly. And uh, one of the things that our data show is that if you go out and you choose one little site over here and you study it for five years and you or you choose another little site in another place or a, a third site somewhere else, you can tell almost any story you'd like um, because there's a lot of variability across the system in both space and in time. And so it in order to see the big picture, you need these sort of long-term studies. This was funded by the National Science Foundation that has a specific program called uh, Long-Term Research in Environmental Biology. And it recognizes that there are a lot of ecological questions that can't be properly answered in two or three or four years, the usual grant cycle. Okay, well, I know a 20-year-plus study can't be that easy to distill into a few sentences, but I will ask you anyway. Is there a main takeaway or just something that you would like for us more broadly to draw from your research? I guess the, the overarching general message is that when you take apex predators out of ecosystems, and by the way, I should emphasize, you know, there are apex two-legged predators out there too. In mm. other words, hunters are apex predators. And that's one of the reasons that we haven't seen in Colorado the kinds of changes that we saw in Yellowstone because there's been managed hunting in Colorado here for many decades. And it's done a pretty good job of keeping elk populations uh, in more or less balance uh, with their food supplies. But when you pull out all apex predators, including hunters, then harm can come to uh, ecosystems. And that harm is not quickly reversed by putting the predators back. Well, with that in mind, I mean, does that mean reintroducing wolves in hopes of restoring an ecosystem that has been damaged, that that plan won't work? No, it doesn't mean that. And I'm I'm reminded of the lovely quote of Aldo Leopold, who's regarded by many people as one of the founders of modern wildlife conservation. And what he said was the first rule of intelligent tinkering is to keep all the pieces. And a corollary of that is that if the pieces are missing, you need to put them back. Why is that? Well, it's because we've learned from ecosystems all over the world that those that have complete food webs, including apex predators, are more resilient, more balanced, and more healthy uh, than ecosystems that don't. Will those benefits accrue quickly? Probably not. We show pretty surely that, that they will take a long time to occur, but that doesn't mean that they won't occur. And ecological theory and empirical results data from all over the world suggests that there are benefits 
from having those predators present in ecosystems. Well, Tom Hobbs, thank you so much. This is such a fascinating study, and I really appreciate you joining me to talk about it. Uh, well, it's been a pleasure, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. Tom Hobbs is a professor at CSU and lead researcher on the study, which was published in the journal Ecological Monographs. You'll find a link in our show notes and at KUNC.org. The historic Welb County farming community of Deerfield, founded in 1910, was the largest black homesteading site in Colorado. Away from the farm fields, its vibrant cultural life was in stark contrast to other parts of the state. Meanwhile, in Denver, you have the rise of the Ku Klux Klan, one of the largest claverns, as called, in the country was in Denver. But at Deerfield, you have black people and white people on the same dance floor dancing. Tomorrow on In the NoCo, we'll talk with UNC professor George June, who for decades has been working to preserve Deerfield's unique legacy and place in Colorado history. That's it for us today on In the NoCo. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>